Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So other than singing, if you were in the circus, what would your talent be? Oh, I don't know that I'd be, I'd be any good at it, but if I could like wish that I had a talent, I would definitely do the uh, high wire, do all the stuff up there, because that, that's just the most fun. And then if you fall, you have this giant net. I mean, let's be real. That's what the music business is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> high wire act. Except there's no net. Hey y'all, I'm Dirk Bentley. This is Little Big Town. I'm Gabby Barrett. ¿Qué pasó todos? Mi nombre es Frank Gray. Mi episodio de Country Heat Weekly empieza ahora. My episode of Country Heat Weekly starts now. Hello from Nashville, I'm Amber Anderson. I'm Kelly Sutton, and we are at the Amazon House in Nashville bringing you all the hot scoop from Music City. And yes, Frank Ray is here. Frank is one of our 2022 Amazon Music Artists to Watch, and his debut single, Country Look Good on You, is climbing the charts on country radio. Plus, he has a new EP out called Get You Some that we're going to dive into. Frank is a former police officer, so yes, he's here to talk about the music, but I want to know some of the crazy things he had to deal with. Me too. Later in the episode, we're going to dig into the country career of the late Olivia Newton-John. Now, there is some drama here, along with some great music, and we're going to tell you all about it. Kelly, you're heading to New York this week, right? I am! I also work for Country Heat Radio in DJ Mode for Amazon Music, and I'm going up there for some meetings with some other DJ Mode hosts. I get to meet some of the people that I've only talked to over Zoom so far. Are you going to do anything fun while you're in the Big Apple? I mean, we're going to try to catch a Broadway show when we're there one night that might require sneaking out of work early. They're doing a dinner for us, so (laughs) we might just do an appetizer and then leave. We're weighing our options. Also, speaking of going out of town, I saw that you ran off to St. Louis last weekend. I did. Of course, spontaneous (laughs) trip. We got offered tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals, (gasps) and it was one of the ballparks that my friend and I had not been to. We're both trying to get to every MLB park, so we're like, we have to go. So originally it was supposed to be Friday, then it was Saturday, so we just got in the car Saturday morning and went off to St. Louis, and we got to see an amazing pitcher's duel, if you know anything about baseball. Right. Adam Wainwright is a legend for the Cardinals, and he had a no-hitter through six innings. So we were like, we're going to get to see a no-no. We did not get to see a no-no. But it was still a really great game. Went to extras, and, I mean, it was just a fun experience. Extra innings is free baseball, right? It is. Bonus baseball, never a bad thing. So how many MLB parks have you hit so far? This was 17. (gasps) Really? Yeah. How many are there total? 30. Oh, you're over halfway there. Yeah, but I have to go back and, like, redo some because they've built new ones. It's like Texas. 
Oh. I have to go back and redo that. I'm going to save those for the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so one other thing that happened this week, Jason Aldean had a number one party for That's the Trouble with a Heartbreak, and I popped into that for just a little bit. With a microphone, I hope. You know I did. So we were talking to Jason about new music, but also looking back on his career, his debut album mm-hmm. is coming up on the 17th anniversary of it being out. Wow. Right. <laughs> so we asked, like, what does it feel like when you look at that album cover? You know, what I see is a 27-year-old kid that had no idea what was about to happen. You know, what was how much life was about to change and how much, you know, where that album was going to take things. And so, to me, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy to look at that. And I remember that photo shoot. I remember, you know, that unknown thing of, well, we got an album. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but here we go. So, to look back, you know, 17 years later and see all the things that have happened to me is, is pretty wild. The crazy thing is, I remember when that album came out, I had just come to town, really, mm-hmm. and I was the first TV interview that he did. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. So we've come up in the music industry together. Congrats. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Well, let's head into the kitchen and find out what else is cooking in country music. Baron Morris is living proof that sometimes it pays off to go a little outside of your comfort zone and... A little manifesting never hurts. If you've been keeping up with Marin's socials, then you know that she got a callback for the role of Elphaba in the Broadway musical Wicked. I mean, Kelly and I are super excited about this. Oh, we are. What a rock star. We are so proud. She first expressed interest in auditioning for the role of Elphaba in May and then took the leap. She hired a vocal coach. She sent in her self-tape using a backdrop that she got off Amazon, by the way. (laughs) Kristen Chenoweth, who played Glinda in the original Broadway production of Wicked, has been nothing but supportive of this decision since the start. She encouraged Marion to audition, and when word got out about the callback, she had the best reaction. I saw their Twitter thread. She responded to Marion's tweet saying, You go, baby. Told you you could do it. We love to see women supporting women. And the ladies of Country Heat Weekly have already decided we are making a group trip to go see Marion when she makes the cast. I mean, they'd be crazy not to put her in for a run. It's great publicity. You got this, Marion. We are rooting for you. We can't wait to watch you defy gravity. And if this really happens for you, we're going to be green with envy. So good. I see what you did there. Yeah. uh In other news, we were sitting on Scoop and we didn't even know it. We do this sometimes. We miss out on it. It was there and we missed it. It's Kane Brown Scoop. It was just announced that he is performing at the 2022 MTV Video Music Awards. Which we already knew because when our amazing booking team scheduled him for an upcoming episode of Country Heat Weekly, we had to wait until he found out when he would be taping that performance and then schedule him accordingly. He actually taped his podcast episode with us last week. What none of us realized, though, was the historical significance of this. We were like, oh, Kane at the VMAs. Cool. His music crosses over. It makes sense. That Kane is the first male country artist to perform at the VMAs. Wow, that's amazing. It is cool. He's going to be performing the song Grand, which is one off of his upcoming album. He talked about Grand in our interview, right? He did, yeah. Do you think we can give the fans a sneak peek? Uh, Control room, (laughs) can we do that? Looking at the story of the song is I was in a very bad place during quarantine, like when all that happened. Like, I can't do shows not releasing music. I can't write anything because I'm not having conversations with anybody. There's nothing striking me. We had Zoom calls that were so lame. So I was just in a very bad spot. Uh, And then when we got in there, he already had Ain't Life Grand on on the track. So I just started talking about 
how I got into music. Like I saw it in my head, started doing the covers, and then I basically just got out of this bad headspace and started thinking about my family and my wife and how grateful I was to be where I'm at now and living. And then my daughters had a pool to swim in and all this stuff. So I was just like, life's grand, you know? Kane will be our center stage guest on Country Heat Weekly in early September, around the time that his album, Different Man, gets released. The VMAs will air Sunday, August 28th on MTV. Oh, and by the way, we said Kane was the first male country artist. I'm guessing Taylor Swift was probably the first female. She was. Yeah. And Casey Musgraves performed on the show last year. Speaking of which, I made a couple of other notes about TV news to share. First up, the ACM Honors are being broadcast this year on Fox Television. It's coming up really soon. Yep, on August 24th. Have you checked out the lineup? I have. It's crazy. It is. Of course, I'm excited because my fave, Jordan Davis, is performing, but also several other friends of the pod, including Kelsey Ballerini, Dirk Bentley, Dan and Shay, and Carly Pierce. Plus, Vince Gill, Brooks and Dunn, Hardy, Winona Judd, Avril Lavigne, Lainey Wilson, Little Big Town. I'm sorry, did you say Avril Lavigne? Yes. The pop punk princess is joining the country stars. Oh, and Carly Pierce is hosting on Fox TV. That's huge for her. And the fun thing about this special honor situation is that there are no nominees, only winners. And we know them already. That's right. It's an extensive list, but among the honorees, Miranda Lambert will receive the Triple Crown Award. Chris Stapleton will get the ACM Spirit Award. And Shania Twain will receive the ACM Poets Award. And we've been hearing a lot of country songs on the TV series Yellowstone, so it's not surprising that it will receive the ACM Film Award. I bet that's what Lainey's performance will be for now that she's joined the cast of Yellowstone. Well, congratulations to all the winners. And while the event takes place here in Nashville this month, anyone who cannot attend has to wait until the show airs on September 13th. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you ready to discover a national treasure like no other? Uh, yes. Wait, didn't Garth Brooks just ask that question on social media? Yep, and he (laughs) shared a teaser for the new docuseries on National Geographic that he will be narrating. It's a five-part series called America's National Parks. Okay, now that is a documentary I will happily watch. Mm -hmm. At first, I was a little confused by this, but listening to the preview, Garth has the perfect voice for the job. The Grand Canyon, a chasm 277 miles long. I mean, not only is he narrating, but he's also an executive producer on the project. Each episode will cover a different national park, starting with the Grand Canyon. And it looks like Yosemite, Big Bend, Badlands, and Hawaii volcanoes are also included. That's so cool. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot thanks to Professor Garth. In a week-long event, the series will be aired on National Geographic beginning on Monday, the 29th of August. But don't worry, because as of August 31st, it will also be streamed on Disney+. Plus. Oh, one more quick note. Congrats to Shay Mooney and his wife, Hannah. They are expecting baby boy number three. (laughs) I love what Hannah said on Instagram. Pray for me, the frat house continues. (laughs) (laughs) They're working their way towards a basketball team. (laughs) Good luck, Hannah. Moving on to our heat index, there are a couple of collaborations on the playlist I want to talk about. Have you heard the Chris Lane, Lauren Elena duet, Dancing in the Moonlight, Kelly? Uh, Yes. And I was so confused at first. I'm like, I know this song, but wait, do I?
<laughs> so basically, it's a reimagined version of the song you're thinking of, which was a moderate hit back in the 70s. The first time I heard it, I was like, there's all this electronic music at the beginning. It didn't sound country at all. But then the first lyric talks about drinking a white claw on a tailgate. It was like, okay, this cannot be an old song. <laughs> Songwriters Jesse Frazier and Brett Tyler countrified the song. And if you don't believe me, compare titles. The original was Dancing in the Moonlight with the I-N-G. This new version is Dancin'. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> love our apostrophes in country music. The song's kind of funky. I like it. But I have to say, Lauren Elena sounds great on it. She really does. Lauren and Chris are now label mates, which basically means there's a lot less red tape for them to release a song together. And the song is super fun. The other duet we want to shine the light on is the Luke Combs Miranda Lambert song, Outrunning Your Memory. Now, if you heard Luke on season one of the Country Heat Weekly podcast, you found out that they wrote this together thanks to COVID. Kind of. You know, you tell people, oh, we should write, you know, and most of the time you're like, maybe you don't mean it most of the time, you know, and sometimes you do mean it, but no one will ever know. But it's one of those things you're like, man, everybody's so busy. The pandemic kind of changed the game on that. There ain't no excuse if you don't want to write with somebody. You kind of just got to tell them you don't want to write with them. Because there's right. no like, mm -hmm. sorry, dude, I got a thing. <laughs> it's like, like no, you don't. I, you don't have a thing. There is no thing. There's right? nothing. <laughs> so I guess the pandemic kind of opened up that channel of like, you know, maybe I should write with wh whoever, you know. And so we picked a day and... We wrote at her manager's office. I have to say, this is the song that stood out to me on our first listen mm -hmm. that we got when we got the advanced copy of the album before Luke came in. I love this song. I actually was listening to it on repeat this weekend. I love it. I think they sound so great together. I did not expect their voices to mix as well as they do. Right. But they really do. They really, really do. You can find it on Luke's most recent album, Growing Up. Miranda also has a solo cut on the playlist called Strange. And of course, there's a new Frank Ray song on the playlist called Late that we're going to talk to him about when he steps center stage in just a few minutes. When you search for Country Heat in the Amazon Music app, you'll see Frank as our cover star. We're about to go to a break, but first I'm going to read you this quote from one of the artists in our country music family, and you guys get to guess who said that. And then when we get back from the break, we'll play the audio and see if you were right. Okay, this week's quote is one that we dug out of my interview archive. The quote is, Honestly, I never thought, okay, I'm gonna have a bunch of hits. I thought, cool, someone else is going to pay for my record. Who said that? And did they have a bunch of hits? They did. <laughs> we'll tell you who said that when we come back. Hey, y'all, it's Thomas Shrett. This is Walker Hayes. And I'm Carly Pierce. This is Kane Brown. Country Heat Weekly will be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible 
your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Okay, it's time to tell you who said that. So for context, this quote is someone talking about when they signed their record deal in Nashville. And honestly, I never thought, okay, I'm going to have a bunch of hits. You know what I thought? Cool, somebody else is paying for my record. (laughs) 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 That was my first thought. Darius Rucker. (laughs) Even if you didn't know the voice, the laugh gives him away every time. He was going to make a country album when Hootie and the Blowfish went on hiatus, even if he had to pay for it himself. And unlike most new country artists, Darius had the rock star money to be able to do that. Hey, Darius, we're ready for more music. Yes, please, bring it to us. So we love it when we get to feature an Amazon music artist to watch in our center stage spotlight. We're just so proud. And this week we are shining the spotlight on Frank Ray, who spent a decade working on the Las Cruces, New Mexico police force before trading in his badge for a guitar. He brings his Hispanic flair to country music with his new EP, Getcha Some. Of course, we all know and love his top 20 hit, Country Look Good On You. It's on repeat in my car all the time. We're going to talk to him about all of that as well as how opening for Keith Urban changed his career trajectory. Frank Ray, welcome to Country Heat Weekly. Bienvenido. Hi, yeah, very good. That's wow. all I got, brother. Bienvenidos, that's, that's very good. I can ask you where the bathroom is in the shoe store, and then I'm out. <laughs> I don't know where either of those are, so you're out of luck. Um, thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. So yeah. glad to have you. So glad to have you. Okay, we know you moved to Nashville now, but home is New Mexico, right? That's correct. Yeah, I've been to Nashville now about two years, I want to say. Okay. But yeah, New Mexico is where I was born and raised. A very small town called Demi, New Mexico is where I went to high school. But even further south of that is where my family's actually from. It's a little town called Columbus, New Mexico. Okay. And it's literally three miles north of the Mexican border. And so we'd go there all the time. And I fell in love with tequila early on in my life <laughs> because of that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but then I served in Las Cruces, which is uh, about an hour and a half north of that. And uh, yeah, I blinked and it seemed like 10 years passed and as, as a Cop. And I was just like, I better do something with this music thing if I'm going to do it now. <laughs> okay, so you were not Officer Ray. No. You were Officer Gomez. That's right. Because your real name is Francisco Gomez. Yeah, Francisco Ray Gomez, Wikipedia. Okay, so there it is. <laughs> so Frank Ray, because Ray is your middle name. That's right. Okay, I was wondering about that. Well, we wanted something that rolled off the tongue a little easier. Although Francisco is fun to say. It is, it fun, is to fun. Say. fun to say. Yes. Growing up, uh, was the family bilingual in the house all the time? Was it mostly Spanish? What were you speaking at home? Yeah, it was bilingual, mostly. Okay. You know, you just kind of, it just becomes something that's so second nature to you that you don't even realize. For the most part, yeah, I, I, I grew up speaking Spanish. You've been singing since you were a kid. I have been. But it know. doesn't sound like that was a career path. 
for you, yeah. right? No, I think I, I always hoped that it would be. And so the fact that I'm doing it today is just like, wow, these this is literally a dream come true. The teachers, like, you know, God bless them. Like, they're trying to set you down a, a, a path of academics and stuff. So when you tell them, when they ask you, like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, I want to be a singer. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> Well, yeah, that is a tough industry, <laughs> and I don't know if you're that good. Um, you should maybe look into being a lawyer or a doctor or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's it's very easy to kind of not think that it's an attainable goal. But honestly, it's just it's my life's passion. It's always it always has been. And then uh, you know I started writing, and that's when it became just kind of this like, all right, maybe this can be like a, a serious career. So why law enforcement? Where did that come into the picture? Oh, uh, bills. No. <laughs> no. Right. Well, seriously. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was I served as a correctional officer. I, I did that for like eleven months at Luna County Detention Center, and I made buddies with the cops that would bring inmates in, and you know, we just kind of hit it off. And they would always encourage me to to hey, just come over, come on over to the other side, man. Like you know, this is a lot more fun. I applied, and like I said, I blinked, and ten years went by. No, it's like, wow. Did you have anybody that you either gave a ticket to or had a confrontation with on a weekday that then you saw them in the crowd that weekend when you were playing on stage? Like, oh, oh my I gosh. see you. Yeah. I just gave you a ticket. Yeah, which is really funny because uh, there was one guy specifically I arrested him for D- DWI. And uh, when you're out on bail like that, you're not supposed to be consuming alcohol. You're not supposed to be around alcohol. You shouldn't be at the bar. And he was there, so— Goes to tell you how much he cared, how much he cared what the judge was saying. But yeah, he saw me and he was just like, hey. And I was like, oh man, I'm about to get in a fight. And he was just like, you want a shot? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. (laughs) I do want a shot. And he was like, all right, cool, man. Good music. And I was like, that was a close one. You know what I mean? (laughs) But that was also the first indication where I thought like, oh, okay, we're onto something good. If we can, if I can take people out of that element where they hate me and they're just like, I really like what you're doing up there. I was like, yeah, this is this is a good this is a good gig. <laughs> okay, so your band was playing on the weekends, and mm-hmm. then you opened for Keith Urban, and everything changed. Tell me about that. Oh yeah, we so we competed in the Battle of the Bands thing, and so when we won that, we got the opening slot for Keith. He was just passing through, and and he picked up a gig at the Pan American Center. And I think that's when he was on tour with Marin Morris, but she wasn't there, and so we got that opening slot. And so it was just my first experience with a big tour production like that, just kind of being treated to the green room and catering and all this stuff and like the sound system and lights and you're like, and then you're playing in front of thousands of people in in this arena and you're like, well, yeah, that's, I can see why people want to do this. <laughs> and uh, that's really where the, 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 the switch flipped for me. It's just really, really cool. That is a really cool story. Yeah. The EP is called Get You Some. Yeah. We've heard a rumor that this is a catchphrase for you. It is. It is. I wish I could say I I coined it, but it came (laughs) from some of my buddies. These guys are just saying get you some all the time, you know, and they used it really as this inspirational, like, you know, motivational thing. Like if we had to run 16 miles that day, they're just like, you know, I'm exaggerating. But if that's what we needed to do, they would be like, come on, get you some. And it was just like. It would find it, we'd use it in cadences all the time, and it just really just grew on me, and I loved it, and and I loved what it did to my men, like my mental health, and and how it made me refocus, and so with that, I mean, it just kind of followed me. Fast forward to my music career, I, 
I start, you know, all my social posts, hey, come on, I'll get you some. Come on, I'll get you some. And before you know it, all my fans are just like, these guys says, get you some a lot. <laughs> and so they, you know, I get DMs and stuff all the time where people just say, get you some, get you some. Like, you know, there's somebody that made a, a T-shirt that said Frank Ray and on the back says, get you some. And I was like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> like, capitalize on that. There's just so many different things that it means for different people. But for me, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's a call to the crowd to match my energy, to it's an invitation for a party, and and it still serves as a, as a reminder for me to like you leave every single drop of sweat that I got in me on that stage mm-hmm. because we know how quickly it can get ripped away from us, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So mm-hmm. get your sound, baby. Uh, <laughs> okay, so the song leading off our country heat playlist right now is a tune that you wrote called "Late." Yeah, it reminds us a little bit of like Brad Paisley's "Waiting on a Woman." Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of that vibe. Yeah, oh, give us the backstory. Yeah, so we, in this writers retreat, the first one that we that we took, it was I was with these five guys. Monty, Derek, Jeremy, Bobby, and and Frank. Daddy Frank, call him. We'll call him Daddy Frank. <laughs> Daddy Frank. <laughs> and so we go out to uh, Frank's place out in South Carolina, and we just kind of hunker down for four days and just see what comes out. And 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 late was the very first night. We were already a little, we were a little intoxicated, maybe. You know, we had a few <laughs> cocktails, and I mean, we'd already written four songs that day, so we're we're good. We could call it, but nobody wanted to be the first guy to call it. Nobody wanted to speak up, and Monty. Criswell goes, well, I got this idea called late, and this is sort of the angle and the approach, and we we're just like, well, now we have to write it because that's too good. And I'm really glad that we did because who knows what that song would have sounded like at, you know, the crack of noon the next morning. Of course, we also want to talk about Country Look Good on You, the mm. single that is at Country Radio right now, and yeah. we are loving, loving that song. Stars shooting across them baby blues. I bet country look good on you. We just played it in Wichita, Kansas, the very first time the, the entire crowd sang it back to me. There there had been little pockets here and there where people would sing along, but for the very first time, I kid you not, I could just put my hands in, in the air. All I have to do is start with saying, I and they would just finish the thing. And I was just always waiting for that moment in my career. And yeah. it happened, and I was just so taken aback. And I was like, yeah, this is an incredible night. I'm always curious about what that moment feels like it's for an so artist. Because, I mean, as someone that goes to a lot of shows, yeah. we as fans love those moments where mm. everyone's singing and, it's you know, best. lights are up and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I can only imagine what it feels like. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it, was, it was very... Um, validating moment. You know what I mean? So I had this really big sense of pride. I got drunk, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) I was like, all right, this is going to be a party. your heritage on this project, including a song called Streetlights. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that song. You sing part of it in Spanish. I do, yeah. So the Spanish stuff was always something we were interested in doing when it came to doing any music that we recorded uh, because it it's just authentic to who my who I am as a person, as an artist, it's my culture, and we want to embrace that, not shy away from it, despite how some people might perceive it. And so we just wanted to do it, though, in 
in a very tasteful way where they didn't feel like we were shoving it down people's throats. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're bashing you over the head saying, hey, look at me and pay attention because I'm Mexican. I didn't want that. I wanted to be a country artist who happened to be Mexican. Up until that point, I was writing a bunch of songs that started to sound very similar and very linear. And, you know, this tequila seemed to be the theme uh, or Mexico, like a Mexican beach used to see, be, it, it seemed like that was the common theme. And so it just didn't, it didn't feel right. And finally, I just, I spoke up and I was with Frank Rogers and Bobby Hamrick in a room. And I, again, like, because I knew them well enough, I felt confident enough to express like, hey, I really want to capture a different vibe because none of this other stuff seems to be working. Mm -hmm. And Frank was like, well, what did you have in mind? And I was like, well, kind of like this thing and started kind of strumming a little chord structure. And so Frank starts kind of following along, putting his own little flavor on it. And Bobby had his guitar and he starts doing that. The lick that's in the song is a We just all looked at each other and we were we knew we were onto something special. And so we ordered Jimmy John's and wrote Streetlights. <laughs> and it was just crazy because I felt like that was the moment where we broke the code. And after that, writing Latin Latin inspired music in this genre, like when I'm in the room, it mm -hmm. just comes so easy and natural because I'm like, oh, okay, we can do this. Mm -hmm. And this is this is how you do it right. We just broke the code on it. So you've got a song on the radio, you've got an EP out, you obviously played the Opry. What's the next goal for you? Oh, gosh, the next goal. I would definitely like to make touring a little easier on, on the band and on the family. So we're definitely manifesting a bus, right? Mm -hmm. Right now we're still rolling in, a, in Betty White. She's our 15-passenger van. <laughs> she's a trooper. But she's got 300K on her right now, and it's just like, I don't know how much longer she's going to last. I just know that eventually, like— a bus does mean that maybe every now and then our wives can come and then they have a place to stay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and all this, and, and travel is a little easier as a unit. So there's that. I don't know how short-term it, it is. You can call it a long-term goal if you want, but I definitely want to rack up some hardware when it comes to ACMs, CMAs, Grammys. Like, uh, that's my that's my goal. And not for the vanity of it, right? It's important for me that people understand that it's not for the vanity. It's for what it symbolizes and, and what it symbolizes for, for not, not just me and my family and my team, but for the culture to say that, hey, we set out to do this and we made a mark in country music. And here's the proof, right? Here's the proof. It's not just like, hey, he had a, a stint in you know, 2022. Like, no, 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 no. Like, there were big league players in this genre that we love so much. And so, I definitely have my eyes set on that. We also love that you named the van Betty White. Betty White. <laughs> That's amazing. So oh, man. She's a trooper, honestly. That's great. And she's just as tough as the real Betty White was. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, the new EP is called Get You Some. It's available on Amazon Music wherever you download music. Frank Ray, thank you for coming by. Thank you, ladies. Come on, get you some, baby. <laughs> While the world mourns the passing of pop culture icon Olivia Newton-John, we wanted to take the time to rediscover her country music career. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind when we hear the name is that sweet, innocent Sandy and that electrifying voice who starred opposite John Travolta in Greece. But she was on country radio for years before that. She had seven top 10 country hits. As we're about to find out, Nashville didn't exactly show her Southern hospitality. Born in England and raised in Australia, Olivia Newton-John was an international pop star first. But then her record label repackaged her more country and folk-sounding music into an album called Let Me Be There and released it in the U.S. The title track off this project served as her first ranking on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart and charted higher in country than it did in pop. Let me take you. 
that pedal steel in there to rope in the country feel. But remember, this was all record label marketing. Olivia didn't set out to be a country artist. But then, the Academy of Country Music named her the most promising female vocalist of 1973. And that same year, she took home her first Grammy win for Best Country Vocal Performance, Female, with Let Me Be There. Her next album was If You Love Me, Let Me Know. That album hit number one on the country album chart and stayed there for eight weeks. In the title track, she gives her lover an ultimatum. If you love me, let me know. If you don't, then let me go. Seems pretty simple to me. (laughs) The serious nature of these lyrics paired with the lighthearted melody brought the song to number two on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart in 1974. Her highest spot yet. And she grabbed a nomination for CMA Single of the Year. Although she didn't win that one, she did become the first Australian to win a CMA award that year. She beat out Loretta Lynn and Dolly Parton for the CMA Female Vocalist of the Year. Fun fact, Roy Acuff mispronounced her name when she won. But Olivia was on tour in Europe and sent a pre-taped acceptance speech. It's a long way from London to Nashville, but I'd like to take this opportunity to say a big hello to all the friends I made on my last visit there. And I hope to see you all soon when I fulfill an ambition of mine to record an album in your hometown. Amber, you don't even know how controversial that was. Oh, really? According to the website Saving Country Music, after her win, George Jones and Tammy Wynette, who were married at the time, called a meeting at their house. With Olivia. No, about Olivia. (gasps) What? They invited fellow artists Dolly Parton, Conway Twitty, Porter Wagner, Dottie West, Barbara Mantrell, Mel Tillis, and others. So we're talking about a big group. And they formed a short-lived organization called ACE, which lobbied for inclusion of more traditional country artists on the CMA board and on the radio. Okay, but wait. In last week's Rediscover, we talked about how Barbara crossed over and had a lot of R&B and pop influence. I think the difference was that she was a country artist who crossed out of country, whereas Olivia was a pop star who crossed in, and a foreigner at that. Okay, well, that does not seem very nice. No. But it didn't seem to stop her from finding country's success. In 1975, she had a song spend multiple weeks at the top of both the Hot 100 and the Adult Contemporary chart, and still make it to number six on the country chart. Which song was that? I Love You, I Honestly Love You. Oh, thanks, Amber. I honestly love you, too. (laughs) I love you. I honestly love you. That song and the next one we're going to talk about was from her album, Have You Never Been Mellow, which spent six weeks at the top of the country chart. You know how some things remind you of a person or a time in your life that maybe you don't want to remember? Well, Olivia's recording of Please, Mr. Please replicates that feeling when she sings about drinking Kentucky whiskey and hearing a cowboy playing her and her ex's song on the jukebox. Okay, let's see. Whiskey, a cowboy, and a jukebox. That sounds like country music to me. (laughs) I mean, there's a complicated backstory to this one that involves a British musician Olivia was engaged to for several years. But in the interest of time... And in solidarity to Olivia, maybe just take our word for it and don't play B-17 if you happen to come across a jukebox. Please, Mr. Please, 
In the mid-70s, she was putting out two albums a year. She released one called Don't Stop Believin'. Wait, did she record that song before Journey? (laughs) Definitely not. Okay, completely different song. Okay, just checking. I do know that the album was recorded in Nashville with some of our renowned session players. She continued to dabble in both pop and country, and then, of course, came Greece, and everything changed. Her last top 10 on the country charts was the title track of her 1975 album, Come On Over. Probably the most country thing she ever did, though, didn't chart. What's that? A cover of Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Olivia was so beloved, not only for her musical and on-screen talent, but also for her kind spirit. After surviving breast cancer in 1992, she became an advocate for cancer research. She started a foundation in her name and even opened a research and wellness center in Australia. Unfortunately, her breast cancer returned in 2013 and then again for the third time in 2018. Her husband, John, shared the news that she passed away on August 8th at 73 years old after battling the horrible illness for 30 years. Stars including Kelsey Ballerini, The Chicks, and Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman have been paying tribute to Olivia on stage and on social media. Keith and Olivia became friends back in the early 2000s when they wrote and recorded their duet, Sunburned Country. How have I never heard this before? They sound really great together. Apparently, Olivia was also present the night Keith and Nicole met. Oh, yeah. There was some sort of event for Australians. I mean, that makes sense. Makes sense. Her career crossed back and forth over musical boundaries, and you can rediscover all of it, including, of course, all the songs from Greece that we know by heart on Amazon Music's playlist, Rediscover Olivia Newton-John. That's a wrap on Season 2, Episode 4 of Country Heat Weekly. We're just getting started. Do us a favor this week. Share this podcast with a friend. Post a link on social media, email them, maybe even slide into their DMs. Let them know that we want everyone to join our country music party. And don't forget the hashtag Country Heat Weekly in your posts. We'll be back next week with all the country music news and commentary. Plus, we will celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Chicks album Home by rediscovering their groundbreaking catalog. This week, we asked the stars for their celebrity crushes. Who's yours, Amber? And we're going to stay outside of country music so it doesn't get weird. Although, let's be honest, everyone listening knows yours is Jordan Davis and mine is Keith Urban. Well, outside of country music, it's J.J. Watt of the Arizona Cardinals. How about you? Um, I would say Rob Lowe. Oh, Parks and Rec forever. Forever. All right, Maren Morris had a bit of trouble with the rules, though. I'm going to say my husband, Ryan Hurd, but my celebrity crush as, like, a kid was Leonardo DiCaprio. Here are more confessions from Dylan Scott, Lily Rose, Ingrid Andrus, and Travis Denning. The girl off Saved by the Bell. Mila Kunis, for sure. Oh, man. Who is it today? Ryan Reynolds. Halsey. Country Heat Weekly is a production of Amazon Music and Wondery. Executive producer is Melissa Locker for Nevermind Media. Senior producer is Joyce Reiser. Recording engineer, Aaron Dethridge. Sound design by Tim Einenkel. 
Production assistance from Debbie Daughtry, Amy Reuter, Madeline O'Connell, and Jeremy Chua. Our theme song, Country Time, was written and performed by Mia Byrne. The team for Amazon Music and Wondery includes Nathan Brackett, Michelle Kammerer, Emily Feld, Callum Blues, Emily Belote, and Jenny Tay. The executive producers for Wondery are Dave Easton and Marshall Louie. Critical production support from Marley, Steve, Grace, Winnie, Moses, Wicket, Jake, Osmo, Abby, Emmy Lou, Bear, and all the other very good dogs out there. Find and follow Country Heat Weekly on Amazon Music or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll get the latest episodes just as soon as they drop. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 65th National Finals of Distinguished Young Women. Every year, one girl from every state leaves her family, her whole life behind for two weeks and spends each day training, practicing, preparing. Because to win this competition, she needs to wow a panel of judges with her academic record, her athletic ability, her speaking skills, and a show-stopping talent. I met her and I was like, she's gonna win. I wouldn't say I have an ego problem, but I'm extremely competitive. When I sing that song about being a black woman in America, there's gonna be backlash about that. Oh, I'm just so happy. So happy. I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk to them. And then we stayed with them for the next year, unpacking just what happened those two weeks in Mobile. I'm Shimoliai, and from Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery, this is The Competition. Follow The Competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.